Hello and welcome back everybody to Draco Diaries. I cannot tell you how happy I am this morning because I'm actually able to go out with my microphone now and properly sit with people at a safe distance, clearly abiding by all the um, appropriate guidelines. But let me give you a heads up on my location. So I am sitting at a very safe distance, as I said, in an office with the door wide open, Jackie Dog by my side. Jackie, as we all know, is my assistant's dog. She may start scratching in a minute, I apologise. The location is Draycott and Rodney Stoke First School. And I am sitting right opposite the very lovely Will Ewins. Will, you are head teacher, is that correct? Not only of Draycott and Rodney Stoke, First, first school, but also Shippen, am I correct? Correct. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but Will, I happen to know a few things about you only because you and I were lucky enough to have a, a, a phone conversation before we met. And I believe you're a Somerset boy. I believe you come from Wedmore. But how you got into teaching, I'm thinking quite a lot of our listeners may not know your story. So would you be kind enough to, to just give us a little bit of that story? Absolutely. Well, morning, Tiggy. And, and firstly, thank you so much for having me on Draycott Diaries. I think it's an amazing project that you're doing. And I've, I've been listening to, to some of the episodes over the last few weeks. So it's a real privilege to be here. So yes, I'm Will Ewins. I'm the head teacher of Draycott and Rodney State First School. I've been the head here for seven months now, starting back in January, which, goodness me, that feels like a long time ago with everything that's been going on. And you're absolutely right. Somerset born and bred from Webmore. Mum and Dad still live just outside Webmore. I now live in Webmore, but I spent a lot of my life up in Bristol. I was at university, went to university actually in Reading, where I studied, uh, wait for it, Latin with medieval studies, which I actually really enjoyed. But as you can imagine, my, my options were fairly limited after university in terms of what to do next. So I, I went into the law. I became a lawyer, commercial property lawyer in Bristol. I ended up doing that for about six years. Learned a huge amount whilst doing it. It was an amazing experience, but I just wasn't cut out for it. And quite a few people around me, friends, family, suggested that I should go into teaching. Basically loved, loved being around kids, company of children, really great building relationships with children and I took a couple of weeks holiday from my law, law job and did some work experience actually at a local school, Hugh Sexies, and loved every minute of it and, and really to be honest I haven't looked back. It's a cliche but I, I did my PGCE when I was 30 so completely changed tack and worked in a primary school for uh, very very fond memories of Westby Park Primary School in Bristol then went on to be deputy head in a, in a school in East Bristol, Whitehall Primary School, another fam fabulous school. And, and here I am, head teacher of Draycott Roddy Stoke First School. And yes, you're right, Shipham First School as well. Two small but wonderful schools. I'm very lucky to be here. Well, we're very, very lucky to have you. Thank you. <laughs> What's rather good about this chat, Will, in some ways, is that I'm not a parent. Uh, therefore, I can talk to you completely with a clean sheep so mm. to speak now I know um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later I think Will because not only are you a, a new head teacher to mm. the area you've only been here I think seven months yes. and of course you've had to cope with Covid which we will talk about mm. but 
I'm going to be a little bit naughty, if I may, and I'm going to throw out a... I'm not John Humphreys, I should Good. say. <laughs> I, I, yes, I was wondering. <laughs> um, well, I don't know unless I've changed more. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, mind you, I think he's a brilliant broadcaster. Um, but I'm going to throw out a tricky question because I think everybody would be quite interested in your response. So, imagining, because otherwise my friends will be very disturbed, I'm a new parent to the area <laughs> and I have two children. Yeah. One is five and one is seven. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking, why should I send them to Draycott? It's a, it's a great question and obviously I am biased. But I think it would be the ideal, ideal school for your children. They're, they're obviously the right age. We, we cater for children from the preschool right up to year four. Um, and then they go on to middle school and felons. Why Draycott? Well, I think it's, it's I mean, it was obvious from the, the first time I came here when I was actually looking around to, to, to um, apply for the job as head teacher. Just the, the feel of the school, it's... it's Again, it's a bit of a cliche, but it really does feel like one big family. We, we are a small school, but the, the sense of community in the school, the, you know, the, the relationship between the teachers and the children, everybody knows everybody. Teachers in year three, four know all the children down in reception. It's just got a wonderful feeling about it. And for me, teaching is all about relationships and about having those positive relationships with children as they grow up through the school. I feel that... Draycott Rodney State School is very much part of the community and I, and I want to really work on that and, and build on that as, as a head teacher. Hugely important for any village community that the school is at the heart, obviously along with the church and along with other key establishments. Um, I think, Will, one of the things that we were saying when we were chatting on the phone, you used two for me, really, really moving words. I mean, I always I know this thing about children are being the future. Mm. I absolutely see that. But you talked about, obviously, some things that you would like to do with the school as a new head teacher. But one of the, one of the sentences you used was that you were aware that you would like to build what you were calling global citizens. Yes. What did you mean by that? So what I mean by that, and, and global citizenship is, is thankfully something that is taking far more precedence in schools now. It is about recognising that the children that we have in our care, what a privilege we have as a job, teachers. Children are the future and goodness me, we are living in such a turbulent world at the moment, but they are the hope. And if we can teach them alongside, of course, English, maths and all the other key subjects and making sure they are numerate and literate when they, when they leave school, but how important it is that they are aware of others' lives, of other countries, of other communities, that they are empathetic, but that also they are active. They, they feel they want to contribute. They feel they want to make a difference in the world. And when I say make a difference that can be in the local community that's and that can be as simple as walking down the street and seeing a piece of litter and picking it up and put it in the bin safely of course if if they're making sure there's a grown-up there to check with first but i i think it's about i think we we do live in a society that predominantly is is based around what we can get out of it and i think it's really important to develop a sense of and it very much ties in with us as a church school as well in terms of our Christian values, 
of how of thinking of others and how we can develop that sense of how can I make a difference? What impact can I make on my community, the wider community, on the world? I think we're about to go through a great transformation over the next 20, 30, maybe even 50 years in terms of how we live as a society, particularly around the natural world. We live in such a beautiful part of the world. We're in an area of outstanding natural beauty. And I think just developing that sense of love of our natural world, again, tied in with our Christian values, that I, th I just think that's such an important, important um, attribute and characteristic to develop in, in any, any child. Well, may I ask you a question about comparisons? Mm. You worked in a, an urban school yes. in Bristol. Yes. You've come out to a very rural school yeah. in, in a very presumably different surroundings. What, what things did you learn there that you think might be useful in a rural community and vice versa? I mean, obviously the word diversity comes yes. to mind. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So... Yes, you're absolutely right. So I, I, mean, I was the deputy head of Whitehall Primary School for a number of years. Very, very lucky to, to, to have worked in, in such a stimulating learning environment. A very large school, almost for up to 580 children. Obviously, that's a, a direct contrast to where we are today at Draycott. But yes, a, a, a very different community, a diverse community, multicultural community, which brought with it so many different life, you know, life experiences and just such a rich place to be. Some fabulous parental community, the children who I still miss to this day, you know, I just learned so much from them. And I think you know, I've, got my, I've got two children myself and I think it is so important that we, you know, we do live in a, in a multicultural society that, as I said before about the global citizenship, that, we, the, that children are able to grow up aware of other cultures and aware of different choices that people make, respect those choices and learn to understand a bit more about them. And I think that's our job as teachers in education, to spend time with children, finding out about how other people live their lives. Also, one of the reasons that we first met was because we talked about disability. In fact, actually, we met in the local shop, didn't we? Yes, Which we was did. lovely. And you were aware that I was a guide dog user and that yes. I have sight loss. And I was talking to you about a really inspirational student yes. who's now doing her first year at Oxford who has mm. less sight than I do. She's mm. completely blind. By your invitation, which I felt very gladdened mm. by, she's going to come and talk to the students. So it seems to me you also have a very healthy respect about children's understanding of disability. Absolutely. And I think it's all part of the same thing, Tiggy. I think it's about... Children, I, you know, it, children won't know. And actually, it, I say children, but it, it is adults as well. It's it's a it's an awareness, and it's an understanding of how different people have different challenges in their life. It's as simple as that. And it and it's it's not about feeling sorry for people. It's about understanding and respecting. I'd like to to just come in here and, and tell you a very positive thing, mm. which exp I experience with children. Two things. Once, well, the first one was I was tin rattling for guide dogs outside yes. Sainsbury's in Cheddar. Most of the people that put money in that pot were children from Fairlands. Rather than going in and getting their sweets, which they normally do, as you know, like a mm. sort of, <laughs> you can hear them coming. Yes. 
I was aware and people were telling me that the children were turning around mm. and they were coming back mm. and they were putting their sweet money mm. in our pots. That's number one. So it, the message is getting to children and children are responding and I'm so grateful to them for, for doing that. And the other is that when I'm out and about with Jack in Harness, the parents may come up and say, oh, can I say hello to your guide dog? And it'll be the children that say to their parents, mm. no, you mustn't, mummy or daddy or whoever they're with or their guardian, yeah. because they're a, a guide dog in harness. So I'd like to say thank you to mm. some of the children in this area. And I, I think what you're saying is that there are messages that, mm. that can that can be but I'd like to say that I can see progress in that as yeah. a disabled person that's that's really excellent to hear and, and I think it's also worth me adding from a from an, an educational perspective when because we, we do have children in schools generally who have disabilities they have complex medical needs and with all the right support and with staff knowledge and understanding and training there is absolutely no reason why any child who is disabled or with complex needs is not able to access the same curriculum and have, and have the same experiences as other children. And I think that's really important. That's what inclusion is all about. And I think it's, it's part of our job. It's our duty to, to ensure that any child who comes through that door has the same experience and the same opportunities regardless of their, of their medical or needs or if they have any special educational needs. It's our job to meet those needs. Fantastic. I'd also like to just back reference, as I said I would do at the beginning. I mean, you've been here seven months. I know, Will, yes. that's going to be a challenge anyways and a new job and a new head teacher and with all the inspiring things you've been talking about that you'd like to do. But COVID has hit you. Yes. And this isn't going away. So the children who are under your care at the moment are living in unprecedented times and their future is going to be different how do you prepare children for that? And how, I mean, how are you dealing with it? I mean, I, you, I know you, you work all the time. Some people uh, are on mm. holiday. I know, I know for you this is an ongoing thing. So how do you deal with it? Yes, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a very good question. It, it's completely, completely unprecedented. Yeah, I started my first headship in January and then, you know, by mid-March we, we, were, we were nearing lockdown and, and everything changed. So... I think the most important thing for me in terms of, of leading the school is about communication. So it's about communicating to the parents what we are doing and what we are intending to do in terms of going forward. And it's always about following the government guidance and that's been the message from day one. It's also about communicating with staff, talking to staff. You know, you've got a fantastic group of staff here who I'm very lucky to have. But we're all human beings and we all come from different circumstances and we all have our different worries and anxieties and and that has been exacerbated by COVID, of course. We've all been anxious, myself included, but I think it's about reassurance and planning and thinking things through and talking things through with with each and every member of staff. So I've made, wanted to make sure that I've done that. You're absolutely right with, with, with children. That there's And it's absolutely right that in the national discourse, the national discourse, there's been a lot of conversation about mental health and about anxiety, particularly in young children and young people. And we need to be really aware of that, how this has affected children, what they're hearing in the media, what, what's, what they're hearing at a, a home. So we need to make sure, we need to find a balance that we offer that support to those children. And it's about talking and it's about giving them the opportunity to talk and for us to listen. We haven't got all the answers, but it's giving them that that 
that cushion, basically, that for them to come to when they do come back to school. But we have been in touch with children through the lockdown. Staff have been really busy providing work, providing lessons and communicating with parents. So that's been really, really good. So it's it, yes, it, it's about but it's I think it's also about routine. We did we did welcome back some year groups from June, June the 1st, we brought back some of our younger children and we've obviously had children of key workers from, from day one of lockdown and that has gone really, really well and we've worked in partnership with Fairlands Middle School, they've been amazing in Cheddar First School, both schools we've, we work very close with, closely with anyway but actually seeing those children coming back through the doors after lockdown, fantastic and the, and the response from parents has been, you know, the children skipping back into school, they love the routine, they love seeing their friends again but goodness me, have they been amazing in terms of recognising what the new normal looks like. The hand washing, the social distancing, amazing. Even even our, not our very young children, that has been a challenge and that's been acknowledged nationally that we cannot ask young, very young children to socially distance. That's just not, come, doesn't come with the territory. But as you go out through the school, they have been amazing. But it's about our staff talking to children. And if they've got concerns or worries about the bigger picture, we talk to them about it. We don't brush under the carpet. It's there. It's going to be there for some months, if not years. And it's about getting the children back into school and, and to make it as safe as possible. I, I am not able to say to anybody, parents, staff, children, that it's 100% safe. That is not something that I can say, nobody can say. But we have got a very rigorous plan, risk assessment in place, which we talked about with lots of different stakeholders the trust Wessex Learning Trust have been really really supportive we've only just joined in April but they've been incredibly supportive in terms of so that in terms of getting a plan in place so that the children can come back because this is the best place for them parents can go back to work as importantly if not more importantly the children are, their, their learning is being affected so we're looking forward to bringing them all back in that case I'm sending my children to your school brilliant now, Fantastic. Mr Ewans, I'm afraid I, I may just have to pierce your bubble here. Oh dear. Yeah, because I have information. Oh right. I have information about you because right. I did a little bit digging around. Oh right. So I've got my John Humphreys hat on now. Oh gosh, okay. Now, is it correct that you were spotted oh, no. not a great deal of time ago wearing... Um, well, I'm going to miss out the false breasts because I think that would just be too embarrassing That's for you. That's a That would too be embarrassing for you. Yes. But I think you were wearing some type of fancy dress. Now, obviously at this moment, if you want to make a call to your lawyer, you can. But perhaps you'd just like to explain it to us. Yeah, well, sadly, I was a commercial property lawyer, so my friends in, in those departments probably wouldn't be able to help me out. Well... <laughs> It's a spurious allegation, Tiggy, uh, but nonetheless, there's a grain of truth. I, I, I mean, thankfully, it was before I took up the role of head teacher at Draycott uh, at Rodney Stone uh, first school. But you're absolutely right. I th I've always had a bit of a, a bit of an eye on treading the boards. So I, I was, I was cast through WhatsApp, uh, a rigorous casting procedure, to to play the the washerwoman in the, the local theatre production in Webmore, uh, a thriving, thriving theatre and um, uh, productions in Webmore. So to play the washerwoman in The Wind and the Willows, which was absolutely fantastic. My, it, it basically started because my daughter, Ruby, was cast as Maris Margaret. She's in the drama club. So she was Maris Margaret and they needed a washerwoman and, and I, couldn't let them, I couldn't let the side down. I couldn't let anybody down. So... I think the, the the prerequisite was somebody somebody <laughs> somebody male and somebody big. 
So I'm six foot six. I am a man. So I was, I fit the, fit the role. So yes, I, I was dressed. Thankfully, the photos are tucked away and, and hidden forever. They're, they're not on, you know, they're, they're certainly not for public consumption. But for those who came to witness the, the performances, it was absolutely fantastic. Joking aside, it was a real highlight. And Ruby and I've got many happy memories. We've met some great, great people, made some really good friends. And hopefully we'll be involved again in the future if asked back. There's been talk of, of pantomime dame. But I think I might be too busy. So what? <laughs> we'll have to see. Well, you have got a lot on, haven't you? Yes. But okay. Well, then, then, then maybe we can we can relax the rules that yeah. um, that we were that, that we were talking about. Um, but on a more serious subject, we are recording this today on Friday, August the fourteenth. Indeed. Yeah. This will be going out on September the 14th. So in my reckoning, the children will have returned to the school from the 7th of September. Yes. What do you think will have happened in this time? I mean, what would you, what would you have hoped it happened? How would you think things are going? Gosh, crystal ball and all that. I mean, I think a lot, a lot has changed quickly in this situation, particularly in education. As it stands, we are looking forward to welcoming back the children on Monday the 7th of September, and that's all the children in all year groups, which is just the best news. There will be anxiety amongst all members, all, all parts of the school community, and I've got no doubt about that, but I am really confident, as my staff, that we can make this work with the plan we have in place. So you're right, so when this goes out, we will be hopefully a week into, into term, so you will, there'll be a lot more background noise of children, children's voices, which is how it should be. So how will it look? It will be business as usual in the classrooms. There will be social distancing for the older children. There'll be lots more hand washing going on. There'll be, there's a lot more signage up around the school in terms of reminding everybody, not just the children, but everybody about keeping distance from one another. Playtimes, children need their playtime, but it's an absolute necessity. So there will be, playtimes will carry on as usual, except that they will be enjoying their playtime in their bubbles. So they will be in their own class bubbles and the bubbles won't be able to mix with each other during the school day. That is the one big restriction. So that's a bit sad, but it's an absolutely necessary precaution. It's part of the guidance. It's, it's about minimising the risk of transmission of the, of, the, of the virus. So the bubbles will stay as that bubble all day. They will have their playtime in a bubble. They'll have their lunch in their bubble. In lessons, it would look, and we want it to be as normal as possible because we want them to get back to get back to learning their English and maths and, and enjoying all their other subjects as well. There's going to be a bit of catch up because they've not been at school, some of them, for, for a number of months. But talking to staff, we're all really looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to seeing them all again. As I said, we've seen quite a lot of the children already from June the 1st and it's been, it was just so nice. Uh, we, we come into this profession because of the children. There's no, there's no two ways about it. It's more than a job, it's a vocation. School is not school without the children here. So whilst we, we are really looking forward to them coming back, we, we are under no illusions that it will be a challenge, that there will be anxiety. But as I said, we have a, we have a good plan in place. We've got a fantastic trust supporting us. Lots of communication, clear communication with parents. And it's an ongoing situation. And, you know, I'm ready to update, amend, respond where we need to. So fingers crossed. But yeah, a week in, I'm hoping we'll, we'll have a, a really successful week back under our belt and, and look forward to the autumn term. Good, because I know one thing that's really important for everybody is that kind of 
feeling of an open door policy. And I, I feel talking to you, that's very absolutely. much your personal ethic. Would yes, that be right? Absolutely, an open door policy. And, and, and it's a shame at the moment because we haven't, <laughs> we haven't metaphorically been able to open the door to other people other than just the, actual, you know, the necessary people on site. But I'm very much about, in normal times, I'm very much about wanting to build relationships with all people in the school community. That's the church, that's parents, that's governors, local businesses. It's about learning from different people and, and, and giving those different experiences to the children with those different life experiences and, and listening to those different people who, have, who, you know, who, who, who can offer so much. It's about developing that whole child at school so that when, when they go on to, to Fairlands or wherever they go on the next stage of their journey at the end of year four, we know that we have done, we have, have started them on that right path. Well, do you know what? I can't think of a better way to start a term. And just one last thing before we go. I mean, I know being an avid news listener, it does seem to be changing. I mean, I don't know as a head teacher or a teacher or a parent how, how you cope with that because they do seem to be changing mm. the rules almost on a daily basis. I mean, is that a cause for concern? It is. And I think it's important for me as the head, you know, I set the tone and it's important that I don't put my opinion on things. I, I very much follow the guidance. It's, it's, it's an unenviable task that the national picture, the threat of local lockdowns, and I think we... We just do our best and we always, always put the children at the, at the heart of it and the children's interest at the heart of it. So it, it's for me, it's about keeping in touch with the news. It's about keeping in touch with all the usual channels of information and talking to the trust and talking to other heads who have been hugely supportive and we're supporting each other. Uh, and, it's get, and it's going back to the brass tacks. It's about, right, how is this going to look at Drycott? How is this going to look at Shipham, my other school? Is everybody clear of, of what we need to do? How do we feel about that? Is there anything I've missed? You know, I'm always open to thoughts or suggestions because I'm going to miss things. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm a human being. So that's really important. So, yes, of course, we all have opinions about how things can be done, but that's not part of my job. It's about following what what needs to be done and what, what is required really and putting that into putting that into practice on the ground safe as safely as possible with minimum impact and and just it's always all about doing the best for the children. Will Ewans, head teacher, Draycott and Rodney Stoke First School and Shipham. Thank you so much for talking to Draycott Diaries today and we all wish you so so well for the future all the children, all the teachers, and of course, the parents, guardians, and, and everybody. So thank you, Will. Well, thank you, Tiggy, and, and uh, you know, for the opportunity to do this. And it's been amazing to meet you. And I'm really looking forward to, to welcoming you back in, you know, maybe in the future to talk to the children as well. It'd be really good, but thank you. I really enjoyed it. Ah, oh, Will, thank you so much. What a fabulous morning we had. And I really hope the term has got off to a flying start. A few thank yous, as always, to my brother who arranged the music. Special thank you to Jeff Farney for being a fabulous editor on this episode. A couple of things just to say before we go. Coming up on Draycott Diaries, we will have Thea Oliver. She's recently been ordained and, as we know, a committed member of the village. 
Also a little company just set up called Draycott Studios, which I think you'll all be very interested to listen to in the future. So keep checking out our social media platforms to find out when they'll be on. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.